to Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. And let's start out uh, with verses 1 through 5. Wow. God is good. Oh my. Isaiah 60, 1 through 5 says this. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Say upon. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to your brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Say radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. How many of you need joy in here today? Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Now, go down the road a little bit to 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4. You know, this, uh, what, I'm, what I've been sensing is what I felt during that one outpouring we had a couple of years back in 07. And... Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, say treasure, in earthen vessels. I, I don't know if you know it or not, but you're, you're dirt. You know that? Okay. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We as Christians have a part of heaven living on the inside of us. Think about this. We have a part of heaven living on the inside of our spirit man. And that piece of heaven is who? It's not what, it's who? It's the Holy Spirit. Amen? And he lives on the inside of us. What a glorious treasure. What a glorious helper, counselor, and standby. He's called our advocate. Are you hearing me, somebody? The one called alongside to help. Think, I mean, have you ever meditated on that fact that we have a piece of heaven living on the inside of us right here on earth? Think about that. And God has chosen us as Christians to be connectors between heaven and earth. Think about that. Say, I am a connector. The power of God is going to flow through me to the world. Jesus prayed this prayer. He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is still the cry and desire of God, and it shall be the cry, it should be, the cry and the desire of every Christian. To see the will of God done on earth. Now, the problem is this. A lot of Christians don't know what the will of God is. They don't know what to look for. They don't know what to ask for. 
Shoot, some of them, you think, some of them think that God's still in that tomb, dead. Are you hearing me, somebody? I'll tell you right now, God is alive and well. He's still doing miracles today. Are you hearing me? It is the will of God for heaven, for his presence, his glory to invade this earth, your life, and yes, even your workplace. I'm telling you right now. How many of you would love to see your workplace turned right side up with the glory of God? See, in in the book of Acts, some people said, they said, these disciples have come, they're preaching Jesus, and they're turning this world upside down. No, the, the fact of the matter is, the world got turned upside down when Adam and Eve sinned, and the curse came into the picture. We as Christians are trying to turn it right side up the way God intended it. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. But it is the will of God for his glory, his presence, his manifest presence. Have you ever experienced his manifest presence? I mean, I'll talk more about that later. But listen, your hunger, your desire, and expectation will determine how much of the power of God will flow through you. I just preached it a couple weeks ago. Hunger, thirst, and expectation. I'm telling you, that factor right there. That determines how hot you are spiritually. And that will determine if, if God, you're going to allow God to flow through you, first of all. Amen? Now, 1 Corinthians 1, or, or I'm sorry, no, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, says that we as Christians, we are co-laborers, or fellow workers together with God. Now, as we press in and seek the face of God, and desire to know him more intimately. Say intimately. intimately. That's the key right there. See, listen. What do you mean, Pastor James? What I mean is this. Satan and demon spirits know God. Are you hearing me? God is looking for his people to know him intimately. To fellowship with him. That was what we were, we were created for in the first place. Are you hearing me? But as we press in and seek his face and and press into that intimate relationship with him, he will pour out his spirit upon us. His glory and his manifest presence. You you will experience his presence like you never have before in your life. Now, I know something. I I, I know this because I've been there, done that, wore the t-shirt, all right? When you have never experienced it, you don't know what you're missing. But I'll tell you right now, the people who are out in the world into drugs and all that stuff, I know what they're looking for. I know what they're looking for. They're looking for God. They're looking for fellowship with Him. They're looking for His presence in their life. But they're looking in all the wrong places. It's twisted. They have a drive, but it's perverted. It's twisted. You need to take hold of this truth from the word of God. Listen. Our heavenly father desires, desires, longs for to let his presence rain down in your life. In this place. In your home. Upon your children. Are you hearing me? He longs for that. He desires to let the fire of of his presence fall. Now the problem is we have to be ready to receive. Are you hearing me, somebody? 
Now, when his presence comes and revival takes place in you or in a, in a city, in a corporate place, it is for a purpose. It's not for a sideshow. Do some strange things happen when a revival happens? Absolutely. Do some people act goofy? Sure they do. But you know what? I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all. Are you hearing me, somebody? We can tame the wildfire. The problem is trying to get someone fired up who, who's just uh, wet wood. Are you hearing me? All right? But I'll tell you right now, when you experience the manifest presence of God, the glory of God in your life, it will cut right through the wall of dead religion. And you will be confronted with the reality that God is alive and well. And it goes beyond head knowledge and it drops down into your heart. Is someone following me today? You understand what I'm talking about? Now, someone's asking, what in the world is dead religion? What are you talking about? Well, dead religion, let me just give you some definitions and show you something. Dead religion simply means to go through the rituals of church apart from a 24-7 personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me, somebody? It is when a person may go to church, but they're not being the church. It means, by the way, did you know the church is not the building? You're the building that God lives in. We are called, in the word of God, we Christians are called the church. You know what the word church means? It's the Greek word ecclesia. That means one, one's called out. We've been called out of the world. Are you hearing me, somebody? We are the church. Dead religion means to hold on to attitudes in your life that grieve the Holy Spirit and you think you're okay. It means to call yourself a Christian but you have the filthy stench of worldliness all over you. It means calling yourself a Christian, but yet being a supporter of abortion and homosexuality. Your religion is dead. It's worthless. It's in vain. Are you hearing me, somebody? Dead religions calling yourself a Christian and taking that old pen and signing a bill into action where a million, millions of children are going to be murdered. Hello? Wake up, Washington. Are you hearing me, somebody? Hey, listen. Hey, some people say, well, how you can't question if, if Obama's a Christian or not. Well, first of all, he calls himself a Christian. Therefore, it's fair game. The Bible says if you call yourself a Christian, yeah, you, you, we're going we're gonna to judge you according to the word. Are you hearing me? The Bible says that we, the world we don't judge. God's going to judge them. Are you hearing me? It's when someone puts that title Christian on them, you're fair game. Oh, man. Say dead religion. Someone thinking they're okay on a one-way road to hell. Are you hearing me, somebody? Those individuals don't even have a clue who the true and living God is. Are you hearing me? <laughs> I'll tell you, you want to hear a good oxymoron? You know what an oxymoron is, don't you? It means like silent thunder. It's like 
two words that are totally opposite, liberal Christian. And I'll tell you right now, Jesus would, would be conservative in the, in the uh, moral aspects. Are you hearing me, somebody? Oh, my, my, my. I just, mm. uh-huh. That, that just grinds me, people. That grinds me. Now, let me uh, show you from the Word of God what dead religion will do to a person. Go to Mark 5. You understand what I'm saying, don't you? That they're fair game. You put the name, the title Christian on, um, there better be some evidence to back that thing up. Are you hearing me, somebody? There better be some evidence that lines up with the Word of God. But I'll tell you right now, my Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, would not support abortion. Would not support homosexuality. Are you hearing me? And, and if you do, whoever's watching online, listening on the radio, internet, around the world, if you take hold of those things and you call yourself a Christian, I got news for you. You're not. You're a child of the devil. And I'll just tell it like it is. Mark 5, 1 through 5. All right. Listen to this. What will dead religion do to an individual? It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, a demon, or demons, you'll find out, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound uh, with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. All right, so what do we got here? In this account, we have a man that was possessed with demons. He was possessed with evil spirits, all right? Uh, he, as you'll find out, he lived naked in the tombs or in a cemetery, okay? Uh, people tried to chain him up, shackle him up, but he was so wild, he was so strong under demonic help, he would break the chains, he would break the shackles, all right? Uh, he was crying out, moaning, probably barking like a dog, night and day. And he was cutting himself with stones. So he was a mutilator. He was a cutter, as we call it, all right? This guy, would you agree with me that he was in bad shape? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This, this, this was a pretty serious case, we would call it, in deliverance ministry, all right? But then this man had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus cast the demons out of him. This, this man receives healing. All right. And by the way, casting out demons is referred to as healing. Okay. In the word of God, by the way. All right. So, and by the way, deliverance is for the Christian, not for an unbeliever. All right. There's nothing to keep the demons out of an unbeliever. They don't have Jesus. All right. That was just a little side note. All right. That was free today. But listen, uh, so then the city gets word of this encounter that this, this lunatic had with Jesus, all right? Now go to verses 15 through 20. Look at this. Then they, meaning the people of the city, came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion. 
sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon possessed and about, and about the swine or with the pigs, about the pigs. Jesus cast out the demons and sent them into the pigs. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the, into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, this is interesting, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. There's power in our testimony, by the way. When the Lord touches you, when he sets you free, you let other people know, because you're glorifying Jesus and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. All right, now, so the people of that city seen the man that was once demon-possessed. He was a lunatic. Now, they see that he's sitting clothed, and in his right mind, and then it goes on to say, when the people seen this sight, the people of the city were afraid now. Now, now, now I, I don't know about you. I mean, what? what? They felt more comfortable uh, to have a naked, demon-possessed mutilator in their city? Are you hearing me, somebody? They, they were afraid to see a man who was clothed and, and in his right mind. But they were used to a naked man in a cemetery barking like a dog. Uh, listen to me, people. And then the people begged Jesus to get out of town. Guys, I'm talking about dead religion here. Are you hearing me? Listen, a person that is bound in dead religion cannot recognize when God is moving. They won't recognize it. They don't care about people who are bound. They want to remain in their comfort zone just playing church. Ah, heaven forbid if in a service someone manifests a demon in the place. Well, Jesus didn't care. He just took care of it right in the service. Are you hearing me, somebody? I'm talking about dead religion. See, don't let the spiritual cancer of dead religion make a home in your heart. Don't let it happen. Flush it out right now. And the only thing that can do that is the living water that Jesus can only give. That's it. Now, listen to this. One way to diagnose if you have that spiritual cancer of dead religion is to see how you react when the Holy Ghost is moving in a service. Are you hearing me? Uh, how do you react? What happens? I mean, how, hey, how did you feel when I, before I preached and I was praying in the Spirit? You were hearing other people pray in the Spirit. Was it bothering you? If so... You may have that spiritual cancer of dead religion. Are you hearing me, somebody? Or what if service just doesn't go like it should go? What if it's not just six songs somewhere in their offering, and then Pastor James preach, preaches? What if it doesn't go that way? Does it tick you off? Then you need to flush that thing. I'm telling you right now. I'm talking about dead religion. See, this one thing that people who have dead religious mindsets, they hate 
change. And I don't know about you, but I read that scripture that, that says that we as Christians are going from what? Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. That, that's a changing process. I mean, hey, listen to me. If change is not in your vocabulary, you better get it in there real quick. I, I'm glad I'm not who I was. Are you hearing me? I mean, look, we, we've all came and had mindsets that were against. But the thing is, when we're confronted with truth, take hold of the truth. Amen? So be cautious about that. So the Christian life is all about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Those individuals in that city, think about this. Think about this. Those people in the city, they were looking God right in the eyes. They were looking at Jesus face to face. And they couldn't even recognize that God was in their midst. Lord, don't let that be said about us. Cultivate that intimate relationship with the Lord. Get to know Him. I mean, what a glorious encounter when, when the true and living God manifests His presence in our midst. What an awesome thing that we can get to know the God, the creator of all things. What a privilege. Now listen, God is omniscient. How many of you know what that means? God is omniscient. He's everywhere at one time. Right? He sees it all. He knows he knows what you're going to on the internet. He knows what you're watching on TV. Are you hearing me? He knows. He's everywhere. But there are certain places and times when he manifests his presence. We call it the manifest presence of God. Or the glory. Say glory. The glory of God. All right, And that's separate from what I'm talking about from the omniscient where he's everywhere at one time. So uh, today I'm really focusing on his manifest presence. The glory of God. So with that in mind, let's talk about when heaven touches earth. What, what happens here? When heaven touches earth, revelation of who we are and what we have in Christ is quickened to us by the Holy Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to show you something here. 1 Corinthians 2. What happens when he manifests his presence? Well, a lot of things, but I'm just going to bring a, a few things up to you today, all right? When heaven touches earth, revelation of who we are and what we have in Christ is quickened to us. I mean, when, when I'm in his manifest presence, there's a sense of destiny. I mean, you just feel like you could take on the world. And guess what? You can yes. with him. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But, say but. but. I like those buts in the word of God. Yes. I, 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 I'm glad it just didn't stop at verse 9. Absolutely. But God has revealed them, those things, to us through his spirit. For the Spirit or the Holy Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit reveals or He uncovers the glorious promises and benefits that belong to us in Christ. 
And, and the problem why we have so many Christians who aren't walking in these promises is because they have the same problem that the certain disciples had in Acts 19. Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me, somebody? Come on. It's a lack of knowledge. So the Holy Spirit reveals these things to us. But listen, I got bad news. I, I'm, I'm sorry to do it. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news here today. But I got bad news for all you intellectual people. All you doubting Thomases that have to see to believe. Hello, somebody. That has to make earthly sense out of everything. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit man. And not to your natural mind. And this is one of the problems is because people are so uh, earthly minded, they're no spiritual good. Are you hearing me? Yeah, that's right. Stinking thinking. Amen. But listen, see, the world says I got to see before I believe. But God's word says you got to believe before you see. Are you hearing me? somebody? And listen, and that goes totally against your natural mind, doesn't it? totally against and so we got to be mindful of that the bible says that our natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of god all right see we need to tenderize our spirit man to be more sensitive to the holy spirit how do we do that by reading the word of god meditating on the word of god prayer all kinds of prayer Prayer with your understanding. Praying in the spirit. Man, I can't emphasize that enough. Praying in tongues is so important in your Christian life. Praising and worshiping God. How many of you at home, when you're at home, you just take time to personally praise and worship the Lord? You just maybe go, you know, you're in your bedroom alone, you're at home, maybe you and the wife, maybe whatever, maybe the whole family. You just turn on praise music, you maybe dim the lights, you just lift your hands and you just start praising and worshiping him. You just start thanking him. Well, I'll tell you right now, that's not in vain because you are tenderizing your spirit, man. And you will notice that you will be more receptive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And you need to get rid of anything in your life that's not pleasing to him. Anything that would dethrone Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. It must be removed. And that includes, I, some reason i got to say this, bitterness and unforgiveness. Yeah. Bitterness and unforgiveness, it's got to go. Go to John 16. John 16. There's one minister I was talking to, and he said, you know, he goes, I was, I, I, I was in the full-time ministry and uh, preaching all over the country. He goes, but I had bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart. He said, you know, I, in the midst of preaching all around the country, he goes, bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart. He goes, I walked away from God, and I didn't even know it. Think about that. He walked away from God in his heart. And he didn't even, I mean, he didn't recognize it. Are you hearing me? We've got to take care of these issues of the heart. John 16, 12 through 15. Says, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you, King James says, he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things, look at this, listen to this, what he's saying. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. There is so much more that our Heavenly Father has for us. So much more power for us to walk in on this earth. Think about it, people. Jesus said, he goes, I got so many other things to tell you. I'm so glad he didn't say, you know what? I think I told you enough. I I told you enough just to get by. No, he didn't say that. He said when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to continue where I left off. Oh my goodness. Think about this, people. How important is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Life and death. It's life and death. We, we must learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there are awesome blessings to us when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and to speak to us. And, and yes, for Him to speak to us, we need to get quiet sometimes. I, life is so busy, isn't it? And I mean, and, and so many things are going through your mind. Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta go do this, gotta go do that. But why don't you just take time just to get quiet in the, in the presence of the Lord. Let him speak to you. You speak to him, let him speak to you. See, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. How many, how many, you know what that means? Prayer is not just one-way communication. Prayer is a two-way communication. Pray for a while, then just get quiet and let the Lord speak to your heart. I'm not saying that you're going to hear an audible, audible voice. Can it happen? Sure. Should you look for it? No, just let God speak to you the way he wants to speak to you, right? All right, go to Ephesians 2. I mean, God is God. If he wants to speak to you in an audible voice, he can do that, amen? Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together. Are you getting this? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This blows you away. And this is one of the passages that you can just read and you can just pass it by. And not really even think about it. How many of you know you can do that with a scripture? You can read it, you just let it go by. You don't. But we need to meditate on these scriptures. He's raised us up together. And we sit together. It doesn't say that we're sitting in a chair behind Christ. It says that we sit together with him. Now, how in the world can that happen? We're on earth. He's in heaven. Spiritually speaking, he's talking about our authority. And how can we do that? Because we are members of his body. 
It is called, we are in the body of Christ. Many members, one body. Just like a team. Many members, but one team. Even if you're the foot in the body of Christ, you're above every devil of hell. Are you hearing me, somebody? You're above every sickness, disease, infirmity, whatever it is. Even if you're the foot in the body of Christ. Now, look at this. This one will blow you away too. Second Peter. Stay with me now. Second Peter. Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And it says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Uh, how is grace and peace multiplied to us? Read that again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, what? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Where do you think you get that knowledge from? The Word of God. The Word of God. And of course the Holy Spirit gives us more revelation on that, on the Word. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, there it is again, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through what? These exceedingly great and precious promises. That you may be partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. Having what? Escaped. This is amazing people. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. But listen. We as Christians are partakers. Or should be partakers of the divine nature now new agers how many of you know what the new age is new age people think that they are god they're not god all right we are not god god lives in us but we are not god are you hearing me all right but we as christians the bible does say are partakers of the divine nature Now, did you know that it is not normal for a Christian not to live in the power of God? It's just not normal. See, we got to get our thinking. See, we've been so inundated with the world, we think it's just normal, these, these things that the world puts up with. The Bible says that we can escape the corruption that's in the world. Say escape. Listen, get your pencil or pen handy here. Verse 4 again, it says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you, underline it, may be. That's conditional. That's conditional. You've got to take hold of them. You have to take hold of them. Are you hearing me? And then verse 3 said, Through the knowledge of him. I'm telling you, if you're going to tap into the power of God, if you're going to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give you, you need to know some things from the Word of God. You need to know some things. Why? Because faith begins where the will of God is known. 
See, we're called to live by faith. We're called to walk by faith, right? You get saved by faith in Christ, all right? So your whole, I said it before, your whole Christian life begins with faith, faith in Christ. You walk by faith, and you receive the reward of your faith after this life. Are you hearing me? So everything is by faith. So, but it's impossible for you to have faith in something that you don't know belongs to you in the word. Then it's just a hope. All right? Now, next. When heaven touches earth, spiritual gifts and prophecy begin to flow. Now listen, what's prophecy? Prophecy. There's the gift of prophecy. That is obviously a spiritual gift that's listed in 1 Corinthians 12. All right? And prophecy is simply defined as inspired utterance. From the Holy Spirit. Inspired utterance from the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a service and it feels as if what the pastor, the evangelist, whatever, whatever they're talking about is aimed right at you? I mean, everyone else could just leave the building, everyone else could just leave the arena, and it could just be you and that minister. Everything's just being touched. Even if that minister's not mentioning what you're going through, you're still feeling it's smacking you right in the face. You want to know why? Because the anointing is attached to those words. Yes, sir. The prophetic anointing is so powerful. So powerful. That's prophecy in action. Yes. That is prophecy in action. When prophecy or inspired utterance from the Holy Spirit is flowing, you want to know why you're, 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 you feel so alive spiritually? Because those words come from heaven. And they're deposited to you by the Holy Ghost right here on earth. Those words are birthed from heaven. Think about that. So, you know, the words of man, words that originate and are birthed on earth will fall to the ground. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. Go there with me. 1 Corinthians, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. The Apostle Paul said this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now Paul knew that words that originated with human wisdom were weak and powerless to change lives. But words that are birthed from heaven, come on, that are spoken on earth, are carried by the anointing. And it will change a person's life. It will touch them. It will minister to them. And that's why the word of God says, desire that you may prophesy. Desire that you may prophesy. Why? Because it builds up. It edifies a person. It strengthens them spiritually. Someone who's down and out. Someone who might be suicidal, someone, whatever. You speak a word from heaven to them, and it changes their life. And they leave that place, and they're on fire for the Lord. They got a new vigor for life. Are you hearing me? A renewed love and passion for Jesus Christ. It's powerful. Now, when heaven touches earth, get ready. All hell will try to break loose in your life. Whether in your personal life or in a corporate setting. Satan and evil spirits will try anything to stop the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
If you haven't found that out yet, well, um, just hang around. What, listen, yeah, hang on tight, that's right. When you start to flow and operate in the power of God, just know that you are on hell's most wanted list. See, Satan and evil spirits, they don't care if you go to church. and They, they, they just don't want you to be effective for Jesus out there. Say, out there. They, they, they don't want you to be effective for Jesus. That, that's what it boils down to. See, you become a threat when you start to hunger, thirst, and have an expectation for the power of God in your life. Because you will be used by God to rip apart Satan's kingdom on earth. And you will set people free. You'll, you'll be used to turn them from darkness to the light of God's son. Are you hearing me? 1 Peter 5.8 1 Peter 5.8 I'm telling you right now. There is no move of God that will go uncontested by Satan and evil spirits. If there's a move of God taking place, you better believe Satan and evil spirits are going to try to stop that thing. They're going to try everything they can do. First yeah, Peter 5, 8 says these words. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. Notice like. He's not. He's like. A roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. God is telling us as Christians, be on guard, be alert, just know if you're living your life for me, Jesus is saying, if you're living your life for me, be sober, be, vig be vigilant, because Satan's going to try to do everything he can do to trip you up spiritually. He's going to try to put a hindrance in your life. You know what, I, I just don't feel like going to church today. I, you know, I, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like I don't feel like going here uh, yeah, I know, I know, Benny Hinn's coming to, their, to Grand Rapids, but you know what, yeah, I got something else I wanted. Hello, somebody. Satan doesn't want you hearing the word of God. He doesn't want you feeding on the word of God. He sure in the heck doesn't want you in the presence of God. He doesn't want you in a corporate setting. It's interesting, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is, the Bible says. Right? So what does the enemy try to do? He tries to get us to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So just know that you have a real enemy trying to take you out of the Christian race. But I want you to notice it says, whom he may devour. Or whoever opens the door for him to come in. Those who allow the enemy to devour them. The good news is this, you do not have to let it happen. The devil can't make you do it. Amen? So any door that you have open in your life right now that allows the enemy into your life, and I know, the Holy, by, I know right now the Holy Spirit's bringing some things to your remembrance right now. He's bringing some things to your, to your thought life right now that he's saying you've got to let this thing go along the wayside. You've got to let it go. This is a trap from the enemy. You need to close those doors right now. And you need to seal it shut with the blood of Jesus. All right? When heaven touches earth, there is joy and freedom in the presence of God. 
The chains of bondage, the chains of dead religion, come on, start to fall. If you, now, here's the key with the people with the dead religion now. Come on, if you got dead religion, I'm talking to you right now. The, the first time, you're going to be, it's, it's going to be weird to you. But listen, I've seen this. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. If you will, okay, if you don't like it when the Spirit of God is moving, I'm challenging you this. Keep coming. Keep putting yourself in the atmosphere. Don't stop coming. You might not like it. When, it, when I first got, became a Christian, this, this stuff happened and all that. Oh, you know, and it would have been real easy maybe to kind of stay away from things. But I kept coming. Yes, sir. I kept putting myself in the atmosphere where the presence of God is. Where the Holy Ghost is able to move. And I've seen it. And I've seen it. And I've seen it in this church. People who were faithful and they kept coming. They're on fire for the Lord right now. So if you will fight through that fleshly stuff and you keep putting yourself in the atmosphere, I get, it won't be long until you'll notice there will be a desire to go to church. Oh my goodness, I've got to go and hear what Pastor James has to say this Sunday. You'll have an expectation. Just keep coming. Just wherever it is, wherever you go to church, you watch online, listen on the radio, wherever. Just keep coming. Put yourself in the atmosphere. See, even, even a plant needs to be in the right atmosphere to grow. You need to be in the right atmosphere spiritually to grow properly. Go to Psalm 16. I, I can't stress that enough. I, 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 in fact, I give people the challenge. I'll, I'll tell them, I'll say, hey, you know, some people have said, you know, uh, uh, you know, they, what you guys do in your service and stuff, I'm just not used to it. It's just not my thing. And I just throw the challenge out to them. I'll, say, I'll tell you what, you come for six weeks, every Sunday for six weeks, right. and then talk to me. Yep. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yes, man, I'm telling you right now, some haven't taken the offer up on, on that, but I just know. I just know if they would, they will. If they would, they will. Psalm 1611. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who's sitting at the right hand of God the Father right now? All the blessings come through Jesus. And in the presence of God, when the presence of God is in a place, there is a freedom. There is a fullness of joy. Did you know it is not natural? It's not normal for a Christian not to be joyful. And if you're not joyful, there's a short in the system. The pipe is broken. And it's time to get the plumber out there. Plumber James. I'm telling you right now. Affectionately known as PJ online. But, but Pastor James, that means I'm there. But no, listen, it's not normal for a Christian not to be joyful. The normal thing is for a Christian to be fullness of joy. Listen, the normal thing is to, to experience the presence of God and have fun in his presence. To love on him. That's normal. But we've been filled with so much of the worldliness. 
We think it's normal to be in depression. We think it's normal to, 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 to take medication for depression. And listen, if you're in that stage, I'm not, I'm not downing you for taking medication and all that stuff. What I'm saying is there is freedom. There is healing for that. I, li- I was in deep, dark depression. I was on Prozac. This was over 10 years ago before I was saved. I was in a three-month span. I was in deep, dark depression. Then I had an encounter with the Lord. And I was on fire for him ever since. Quit Prozac cold turkey. Anybody knows about Prozac? You don't just do that. I'm not telling you to do that either. Now, this was the ho- a Holy Ghost thing. I'm telling you. But deep, dark depression. Great testimony. But it was all God. But when the manifest presence of God is in your life, you will begin to act like a little child. Your heart will be softened as he pours his love upon you. Well, you know, what comes to me is what Jesus said. Basically, he called children to him on his lap. And he says it basically in a nutshell. PJ translation. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to be like one of these children. Just, you know, and I was thinking about this. Think about this. When you tell a child, if I tell, you know, my little girl something, okay, maybe Alyssa's different, but let's go with the brook, all right? You tell her something, and, you, you, and she's like, okay, daddy. Okay. Not always, all right? We're working on that, but, um, but a lot of times, all right? But this is what children do. You tell them something, and there's a simple faith there. Okay, Daddy. And Jesus says, look, this is how your heavenly Father wants you to be with him. When you read the word of God, that's how he wants you to be with him. You read a promise in the word, don't talk yourself out of it. Don't try to intellectualize it. Say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you for that promise. I receive it. I believe it because you said it. Now, you, when you were a kid, if you did that today, dad told you something, you just believed him. You had total trust in him. How much more should we with our heavenly father? Amen. Think about that. How much more? Say how much more? How much more? When the presence of God is in a place, the walls in your life begin to fall. Like I said, it might be a process, but keep putting yourself in the atmosphere. You no longer act like the children of Israel did, and you want to stay at the bottom of the mountain. The glory of God was in the, at the top of the mountain. Moses was going up there. Moses says, hey, come on, let's go. Well, they said, no, Moses, you go for us. You go for us, Moses. We're going to stay down here. No, you'll want to climb that mountain. I'm telling don't pass it up. When heaven's touching earth, take advantage. Take advantage. Psalm 34. I'm almost finished. Hang in there. Psalm 34, 7 and 8. Are you getting anything out of this today? All right. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear or reverence him and delivers them. 
Verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or the person who trusted him. The Hebrew word there that's translated taste, listen, means to discern, to perceive, or to evaluate. Listen, when the presence of, when you are in the presence of God, you will know it. You will be able to perceive it. You'll be able to know. You'll be able to discern it. You won't be left wondering. There will be fruit to back it up. And I'm telling you right now, there's been people here who, you know, they came in, they visited, they weren't saved. But yeah, after the service, they said, wow, that felt great. I never felt that before. We're like, that's the presence of God. They were tasting and seeing that the Lord was good. I'm talking about the manifest presence of God. And listen, I got to say this too, just to prepare you. When heaven touches earth, unusual manifestations may occur in your midst. There may be some things that you're just not comfortable with. I touched on a little while ago, but um, yeah. I'll just let you figure it out. I'll, I'll leave that to you and the Holy Ghost, okay? All right? But listen, how do you think Isaiah and Ezekiel felt when they seen God's heavenly host? When they seen the glory cloud? Think about it. Let, let me just say this, having to do with the manifestations, when you get in the presence of God and things begin to happen around you. Uh, you, you just be concerned about this. You just seek to lift up and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and leave it up to God how he wants to manifest himself. Are you hearing me, somebody? You just seek to glorify Jesus. And, and God knows your level of spiritual maturity. Are you hearing me? He won't give you any more than you can handle. Are you hearing me, somebody? But when the Spirit of God begins to move, it will take you out of your comfort zone. And just know that I warned you ahead of time. All right? So I want to encourage you to jump in the river of God. And let's advance the kingdom of God by being faithful partners with Him. Are you hearing me? Let's stand up. Hallelujah. I talked enough today. God is in the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, every time, every time, I always give an invitation. If there's someone in the place, you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, it would be a shame. After getting done preaching a good sermon, you leave here, you drop dead, whatever, you get in a car accident, and you end up going to hell for eternity. I don't want that being on my hands. So if there's someone in here, you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. There's no purgatory. There's no praying you out of there. Your, your family and friends can't get baptized for you to, to get you out of that purgatory. Come on. It's not scriptural. You must make the decision for yourself. And it's too big of a risk. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. 
I want you to come forward this morning. I want to pray with you. To have the privilege to pray with you. So you can have a new birthday. The born again experience. And you can have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Maybe there's someone in here. You've strayed from the Lord. And you need to rededicate today. Frankly, if, you, if you're here in this place, you say, well, I'm a Christian. But if you don't have confidence that you would go to heaven if you drop dead right now, you need to come up here and I want to pray with you to rededicate your life. Now that, my friend, is too big of a risk. Because the Bible says we can have assurance of our salvation. It's not a guessing game. Amen? Now maybe there's someone here. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism? You need a fresh and feeling? Whatever. Just come on up here. I want to pray with you. Maybe you need a physical healing, emotional healing. Maybe you're in bondage to fear. Maybe some days you feel like that demoniac. Maybe there's someone in here, you're a cutter. You cut yourself. Maybe there's someone in here, you're suicidal. If that's you, I want you to come up just right over by the drum set. Any, any bondage in your life, I want to pray. I just feel an anointing for deliverance today. I want you to come forward. Now, the rest of you, I'm just going to open up the altar. If you want to come up and worship the Lord on your own, turn that way up, Joshy. I love this. God have the flow of the Spirit of God moving in this place. Just come and worship the Lord.
Your 
Jeanette. Jeanette is a regular on the chat room. She's from Springfield, Missouri. Great woman of God. And she needs prayer. And she just wants to feel the love of God like never before. And she has a bad headache. Let's flush this thing out. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak to Jeanette's head right now. I command that blood to flow freely, normally, and properly through your head. I command that, that pain to stop. In the name of Jesus, right now. Anybody else here have a headache? Well, in the name of Jesus, whoever you are, be healed in Jesus' name. So, Lord God, right now, let your anointing fall upon Jeanette. Lord, she loves you with all of her heart. And I pray you take her higher to a new level in you that she's ever gone before, Lord God. Pour your love upon her in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready. All right. Um, pray for Catherine and John to receive deliverance, salvation, and healing. Uh, do, 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 and uh, Andrea and uh, Jeff. So Catherine, John, Andrea, and Jeff, we lift you up right now in the name of Jesus. I command every demonic spirit that is binding your mind to be loosed right now. Loose them, devil, in the name of Jesus. 
And Lord, I pray your glory would fill the place where they're at right now. That if they don't know you, Jesus, I pray that you'd pour your spirit out in that place. You would send laborers to them. That they would make you Lord of their life. Their life would be changed for eternity. I command, for some reason, I command that spirit of insanity to come out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. And I command your mind to be healed. I command every chemical in your brain, in your body, to be normal in Jesus' mighty name right now. Right now. I speak to that mountain, say be removed. And be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Pray for Bob to have deliverance and healing of the heart. Lord God, you created Bob's heart. You are the father of spirits. So Lord, I pray that whatever part of Bob's heart that is broken from whatever experiences, I just pray healing would flow right now. Lord, the same anointing that's here in Big Rapids, Michigan, we send it through that camera, through that screen, wherever Bob's at right now. Lord, just touch him. Just one touch will do it, Lord. One touch will do it. I pray that total restoration and healing would come to him right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And may Bob never be the same. May he be on fire for Jesus Christ and radical for Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray for Terry. Terry is still not feeling well. Terry, hang in there in the name of Jesus right now. We continue to lose that healing through your body, through your heart, through every organ right now. We say, body, line up with the Word of God and be healed. Be healed. That's the will of God. In Jesus' name. Uh, Chris, our, our sound guy, Chris, is on a business trip. He is en route on a flight to Portland, Oregon right now for business. So, Father, I pray for Chris right now. I pray you'd encamp every aircraft he's on, wherever he goes, encamp him, every mode of transportation with your holy angels. We plead the blood of Jesus over him. Give him a great time in Oregon, Lord God, and bring him home safely in Jesus' mighty name. All right, praise God. Give the Lord a hand today. He is awesome. And before we go, Laura has a word. Um, the Lord, that beginning in the beginning of Pastor's sermon, he talked about those jars of clay having light. Do not feel like you have nothing to share with the world. Even if you're a brand new Christian, he chose to put that treasure in a jar of clay. He is the light, and that light shines through you. Ed and I had a dream this week that she saw Jesus, and she said, Mom, I don't understand, but all this light just came shining out of me. <laughs> and I said, Jesus is that light shining through you. That's, what he, he, that's not just for Adoniah. Thank the Lord. Don't hold back your testimony. Share the love of Jesus wherever you are. (laughs) Don't think you're not capable. Yes. You have a testimony. Amen. Praise God. And the Holy Ghost will show up on the scene. Amen. That's right. All right. Those of you online, thanks for tuning in.
Uh, we have a healing and miracle service for you here at RCC May 2nd, Saturday, May 2nd at 6 p.m. I'm going to be in Imlay City May 15th at uh, 7 p.m. at the Days Inn in Imlay City. Also, we just scheduled Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm going to be there June 13th for one day for a spiritual warfare conference. More info coming soon. God bless you. See you next week or you'll see me next week. All right, God bless. All right, people, have a great day. Come back on Wednesday doing Drawing Near with John Bevere. God bless.